Son of God, He is near. He chose to walk with us these tribal trails, tribal trails, tribal trails. Yeah. Love to do it for you. It's just an, it's a great worship song and focuses on you know, the cross of Calvary and the blood that Christ shed for, for you and me. Tore the veil, you made a way. 
You tore the veil You made a way When you said that it is done You said that it is done Oh, it is done You said that it is done I read a story uh, about how during World War II, six Navy pilots left their aircraft carrier and they went on a mission. After searching the seas for enemy submarines, they tried to return to their ship shortly after dark. But the captain had ordered a blackout of all lights on the ship. Over and over, the pilots radioed asking for just one light so they could see and land. But the pilots were told that the blackout could not be lifted. After several appeals and denials of their request, the ship's operator turned the switch to break radio contact and the pilots were forced to crash land in the ocean. Forsaken, abandoned by their captain, these men were left on their own to perish. They went on a mission of which they knew the danger. They went with the knowledge there was a chance they could lose their lives. When our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came into this world, He came into this world knowing that there was a danger. He knew the danger. What the pilots didn't count on was the fact that their captain, their leader, would actually abandon them. Jesus knew his father was going to abandon him. And I wonder if that is the reason that when he was praying in the garden, he asked his father if this cup could pass from him. Meaning, could he not go to the cross? But in the end, he said, Nevertheless, not my will, <clears throat> but yours. We have to make allowance for the decision that the captain had made. It was a time of war. He chose the lesser of two evils, turned the lights on, allowing the pilots to land, but giving the location of the ship to the enemy submarines, which meant hundreds of lives could be lost or maintained, or maintained the blackout, which meant that he would have to give up the lives of those pilots. In the end, it was the pilots who were forsaken by the very one that they could count on and trust. God had to abandon his son on the cross so that you and I can have our sins forgiven and have eternal life. God may have, God may have had to abandon his son, but you and I can be confident of this, that he will never abandon us. He will never abandon you. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we have to admit that at times 
it often feels like God has abandoned us. But this is where faith has to kick in. God's word tells us in the book of Hebrews, I will never leave you or forsake you. The author of Hebrews, of course, is quoting from the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verses 6 and 8. Verse 6, the words of Moses to the people, and then in verse 8, Moses is speaking uh, God's message to Joshua in the presence of God's people. And they're just about to enter into the land of Canaan. And later on, after um, Moses died, God speaks directly to Joshua these same words, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The Lord went on to say to Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Standing on this mountain top, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us, kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory is your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say. Yes, our hearts can say Never once did we ever walk alone Never once did you leave us on our own You are faithful, God, you are faithful Kneeling on this battleground Seeing just how much you've done Knowing every victory is your power in us Scars and struggles on the way But with joy our hearts can say Yes, our hearts can say Never once did we ever walk alone Never once did you leave us on our own you are faithful, God, you are faithful. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. Scars and struggles on the way, but what joy our hearts can say. Never once do we ever walk alone, carried by your constant grace, and within your perfect peace. Never once, no, we never walk alone. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. Every step we are breathing in your grace. Evermore we are breathing out your praise You are faithful, God, you are faithful You are faithful, God, you are faithful You are faithful, God, you are faithful You are faithful, God, you are faithful
what's our tendency when faced with some challenges in life? We fear and we discourage. We get discouraged, right? In preparing um, Joshua to lead his people into battle, God told Joshua that he had nothing to fear. God promised Joshua he would always be there with him. For 40 years, God was with the Israelites in the wilderness, in the desert, leading and guiding them, providing for them. And it was time for them to move on to something else. God had a mission for the Israelites. And the mission was to go into the land of Canaan and drive and conquer the people there, drive them out from there. Sadly, a lot of well-meaning and not so well-meaning Christians down through the centuries thought the Old Testament way of doing things was for them. And they have helped governments to conquer and destroy indigenous people and their cultures all over the world in various lands. They miss seeing, as we often do ourselves today, we often miss seeing too, that there is a new way, the Jesus way of doing things. And you can read about the Jesus way of doing things in the Gospels and especially in the Sermon on the Mount, recorded in Matthew chapter 5 to 7. Joshua had been chosen by God to lead his people into battle. And God was reassuring Joshua that he was going to always be with them. And God says to Joshua, and, and he's saying to you and I today, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And although God said these words to Joshua, who lived around 1400 B.C., the reality is God has always been someone his people can count on. God has always been and will always be a God who would not fail those who put their faith and trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Do you believe the Bible when it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you? You know when the Bible speaks, God speaks? Do you believe Him when He says that? I will never leave you nor forsake you. About five or six hundred years before Joshua's time, there, there lived a man named Abraham. And Abraham was born in a place called Ur, which is located somewhere around the country, uh, what we know as the country of Iraq today. And his father upped and moved his family to uh, a place called Haran. And, there was, and it was there that God made some promises to Abraham. And if you know the story of Abraham, you would know that he had some major tests of faith in his lifetime. And through all of his trials, Abraham learned that God was a God that would never let him down. God had promised to build a nation from him. Yet while he was still in his 90s, he still had no children. And he and his wife, Sarah, were starting to believe that maybe it wasn't going to happen. Both he and Sarah decided that they were going to take matters into their own hands. Abraham had a son through, his, uh, through uh, Sarah's servant, uh, Hagar. But God, God says, no, this is not the way. And to make a long story short, 
God did give Abraham and Sarah a son. Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 years old when their son Isaac was born to them. And then when Isaac grew up to be a young man, the Bible says, some time later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. God told Abraham to uh, sacrifice his son. And there's nothing in this story to suggest that Abraham had to think about it first. God commanded and Abraham immediately made preparation to go, to follow through with God's will. Talk about trusting God. When Abraham had the knife in his hand and was about to, to slay his son Isaac, God intervened. God has always been true to his promise. I will never leave you or forsake you. God wasn't after sacrifice. He was after Abraham's heart. It was a test of Abraham's faith. Abraham believed in a God who can be trusted for all things. Sure, his faith wavered at times. But basically, he was ready and willing to follow through with God's command to sacrifice his son because he knew that God was with him. And Abraham made that choice that he was going to trust God for this. I truly believe that if God had, hadn't intervened, you know, that Abraham would have followed through. He would have taken his son's life. And that is how much Abraham loved and trusted in, in God. This God who is our God as well. How would you make out if you found yourself in that situation? Would you, could you follow through with God's instruction? You know, God probably will never ask you to do anything like that, to sacrifice your child for him. But sometimes we do need to give our children over to God, for God to look after or to deal with. You can be sure that your faith will be tested in one way or the other. I know we love our children, <clears throat> but will you trust God with a child who is sick, no matter what the outcome is? Will you trust God for your failing health, for your loss of job? Will you trust God for the persecution that you might be facing? Will you trust God for a wayward child? God didn't let Abraham down, and he won't let you down either. If only you believe and trust in him. And I'm not saying that things are always going to work out the way that we, we hope they'll work out, just because we have faith and because we trust in him. God may not heal your loved one, your wayward child may never come back to God. But then again, he just might heal that child and your wayward child may come back. 
as you go through whatever it is that you're facing, put your confidence and faith in God and be assured, unlike the captain of the ship who abandoned his men, God will never fail you or forsake you. God will never let you down. This is the message that the writer of Hebrews is trying to uh, get across to the people of God. The promise was good for Abraham and it's good for Joshua. It was good for him. And it's a promise that is good for you and I today. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I find that very strange, don't you? That God would never leave you nor forsake you but yet he would forsake his own son. Some of the last words that uh, Jesus uttered from the cross, Eli, Eli, lemma, sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why would God do that? When Jesus, his son, needed him the most, why would God abandon his son on the cross? You see, God is holy and without sin. And God won't be in the presence of sin. He can't be in the presence of sin. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the moment when he became sin for us, God had to look away. He had to turn away. There's always, there always has to be a turning away from sin, a forsaking of sin. God abandoned his son for a period of time. He abandoned his son Jesus to deal with our sin and allow Jesus to deal with our sin on the cross. Jesus bore our sins on the cross. The penalty for sin is separation from God, eternal separation from God. And there are only two places that we can go when we leave this world, either heaven or hell. Sin is what keeps you out of heaven. And if it's not going to be heaven, there's only one other place to go. And that's hell. So won't you turn from your sins today? Won't you abandon them and leave them behind? Repent and turn to God and look to the one. That is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Who shed his blood as a payment for your sins on the cross. Just like in our World War II story, like the captain who made this decision to give up the lives of six good, brave men so that others could live. God gave up his son's life so that you and I could live. A friend of ours who has gone on to be with the, the Lord now, Bill is his name. And Bill used to say, salvation is free, but it didn't come cheap. And I think maybe he got it from somebody else. Jesus paid the penalties, penalty for your sins and my sin. And he paid our, the debt that we owed. He paid for it with his life. He took the punishment for us, the punishment that we deserve. He was crucified on the cross. Why would, why would God do that? You know, a lot of people... Um, talk about God, they think about God as being a, a monster because he would send people to hell just because they didn't believe in him. Well, that is just simply not true. 
God is not a monster. God is a God of love. And he has proved that to us. The Bible says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God proved his love for us by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He abandoned his son there so that, so that we could have our sins forgiven and have life in abundance. The Bible also says, it tells us in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God has given you a choice to believe in him and have eternal life or not believe in him and go to that place of eternal torment, the lake of fire. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People may let you down, but Jesus will never let you down. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And come judgment day, the day when we stand before God, you can count on Jesus. You will not be put to shame. So give your life to Jesus. Receive him as your savior. Believe in him, trust in him for your sins. And he will not let you down. You know, when I accepted uh, Jesus as my savior in August of 1990, I didn't know if living the Christian life was gonna work out or not. But here I am like 28 years later, still serving the Lord um, as a missionary and, and as a pastor. And Jesus, I can honestly say that Jesus has never let me down. And I'm confident that he will never let you down either. Sin. 
coming back to claim his own. We'll fly to heaven's open door. A crown of life he gives on that.